Well, come on, exchange. Come on. Anybody excited to be here? Come on, make some noise. I am so stoked to be here. My name is Mark Hutchinson. I come from the Van Dyke location. Where are all my VD people at? Any Van Dyke peeps in the house? I am one of the newest additions to the team. I get the privilege of serving in our family ministries there. I'm one of the associate campus directors. Um, and my wife and I, my beautiful wife, my better half, you just got an opportunity to meet her. Uh, we just moved from uh, the great country of Miami, Florida. The great country of Miami. So I'm, I'm coming at you. I am like cafecito elated to be here. I am pumped up. I'm like five cups of cafe con leche in. So we are gonna get going. And I know we've been in this incredible series, um, Inside Out, and I, I just want to start out here. I want to give a little bit of honor and credit where credit is due. Can we just give some honor and put our hands together for our worship team for leading us so well in worship? I'm like blown away. I come, I've, I've come two or three times, and I just love seeing the heart of our worship team as they lead us, and I just love seeing what God is doing in this house. Every time my wife and I got an opportunity to come by, I really believe, I really believe, I truly mean this, that God is doing something inside this church. God is doing something inside this church, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to come back. You see, I actually grew up in Wesley Chapel. Um, I went to Wiregrass Ranch High School, and God took me to Miami. I played football for a little bit. Wesley Chapel in the house? Hey, oh, let go. I moved to Miami to play football for a little bit, and God kind of broke my heart. I was so focused on playing football, and that was literally my life. I played ball for 13 years and got an opportunity to go on scholarship to FIU. And God broke my heart when I got to college. He was like, Mark, you, you, you love me, you know me. How are you going to be the change in the world that you wish to see? So God just broke my heart, and he actually put it on my heart to walk away from my full-ride scholarship and step out in faith to accept the call to ministry. And my wife and I, we, we put together a campus ministry right after we got married there at FIU and that we started doing ministry together, college ministry and next generation ministry. I want you to know there's something special, like I said, that's taking place in this room. I've been in ministry for about seven years now. And every single time I get to walk into an experience and see young people worship Jesus, come on, there is nothing like being in the house of the Lord and seeing vibrant hearts, young people come together and be set on fire for the things of God. And I know that's what God is doing in this room, and that's why I want to be a part of it. That's why I'm preaching like I'm crazy. I am cafecito elated, and we are going to hop into this thing. We've been in this series, Inside Out, in Matthew 22. We've been focusing on the greatest commandment. How many of you know if Jesus said this is the greatest commandment, we better lean in and listen to what he has to say. Anybody believe that? Anybody believe that? If Jesus said this is the greatest commandment, we better lean in to what he has to say. Matthew 22, verse 36 and 37. This is what the word of the Lord has to say. It says, teacher, this is the Pharisee speaking, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Before we jump into anything, I'm just going to pray. Is that all right? Can we just pray? It's church, right? Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you have made yourself known to us through your word. And I pray, Lord, as we gather in this room, that we would leave better than we came. I pray, Lord, that you would remove me. I pray that, God, in place of me, you would bring your spirit, you would bring your word, you would bring your power and your might, Lord. I'm a broken man, but you have called me to spread the gospel, to preach the gospel. That is the call on each and every one of our lives. So I pray, Lord, that we would receive your word with that understanding in this moment. 
and that we would go out and be the change in the world that we wish to see. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Come on, everybody said? So I don't know if you can tell. I was like a little bit of like a Pentecostal church kid. Anybody grow up in the church? Anybody like remember those four hour long sermons and seeing like the offering basket pass around about 25 times? Like those long services that were just like, okay, mom, when is this going to end? You know, my stomach's like growling like I'm ready for brunch and the preacher just keeps going. I'm like, yo, this, this has to stop. That was my childhood. Literally, my dad actually, he owns his own business. So I grew up in the context of church. His, my dad, is, his business, he works with a lot of churches. So we were church hoppers. We were always visiting different churches on the weekends. I grew up in New York and at about five years old, my parents, they made a decision to move out to Long Island. And it was when we moved to Long Island, I really started getting connected to the church. I really started to love worshiping Jesus. I really started to love being a part of it so much so that I joined the choir and I, I can't sing. Like I leave that to my wife now. The, the Lord like snatched that gift from me. But I remember just worshiping and loving God and being a part of Sunday school for the OGs in the room that know about Sunday school. Kids church, that's what we call kids church now. And that was literally all I knew. And it was great because I started having like some form of a basic understanding of who God is. I knew God was blessing my family. I knew God that God was protecting my family. God was providing for us. He was keeping us healthy. He was keeping us strong. I had a basic understanding of who God is. And it wasn't until about 2007, my family made the decision to move to Tampa. So we moved over to Tampa. And not long after that, a couple years in, my, my family started going through hardship after hardship after hardship. A couple years into living in Tampa, my sister, she was, she was diagnosed with end-stage kidney renal failure. We found out that one of her kidneys wasn't working at all, and the other kidney was only functioning at just 10%. I remember receiving that news, and immediately in that moment, I started to question God. I started to ask God, why would you do this to my family? Why me? What are you doing, God? How could you be moving in the middle of this? A little while after that, I started seeing my parents' marriage just deteriorate before my eyes, and they were going through this terrible divorce process. And as a little kid, I'm just hearing all this stuff, seeing it, all of it happen in front of me. And I remember I was so angry at God. I was so frustrated with God to the point it led me to questioning the existence of God. It led me so far out that I didn't even think God was real or God was at work in my life. And I know each and every one of us have a moment in our life where we go through hardship and it kind of leads us to question what God is doing. How could God be in the middle of this? I want you to think about that moment right now. Maybe there was a moment there was some hardship or something took place and it made you start questioning, God, what are you doing? Why would you do this to me? Maybe for you, it's not a family member battling an illness or your parents going through divorce. Maybe for you, it's recent. You just lost your job because of COVID. Maybe for you, it's heartache. Maybe it's the battle of facing an addiction of some sort to drugs, or maybe you've been wrestling with depression and anxiety, and you're just wondering, God, how could you be at work in the middle of this? And I want you to know, you're not the only one that feels that way. You are not alone on the journey. I remember enduring that season in my life, and I don't know what that area is, but I want you to know the Lord knows. I want you to know the Lord is with you in the middle of that storm. I want you to know God is guiding you. I want you to know God is on the journey. You see, there may be pain in the process, but when we know the word of God, there is joy in the journey. Why? Because God has defeated the battle. And I didn't understand that as a young kid. It took me time to lean into understanding the heart of God. 
It took me time to grow in my understanding and the knowledge of his word until that started to make sense for me. You see, the truth is, when we're going through those battles, when we're facing that hardship, and we start questioning God, we start wrestling with God like we could beat him up or we're bigger than him, the enemy wants you to be in that place. The enemy wants you to start questioning God. The enemy wants you to start thinking that God is not at work in the middle of that. And what's so crazy to me is this, we give into it. So often we give into it. If we're believers and we know the word, why are we so quick to turn in the one that saved our soul just because things aren't going the way we thought they should go? How could we be devoted followers of Jesus that know the word of God and Christian believers that have been walking with God and believe in his word, believe in his power, believe in his might, but when we go through a storm, we start questioning the one who saved our soul. It shouldn't be that way. And I had to wrestle with that tension. I had to go through that. I remember in 2011, God really started changing my perspective. My family, we we started attending Grace. This was my church home. I remember coming to Grace Family. My mom was like dragging me into church. Any mom is like drag you up in the house of the Lord before as a kid. I'm like, all right, mom, I guess I'll go. All right, it's cool. But I started actually falling in love with this church. You see, my life started changing when one of the pastors here, he took me under his wing. He started showing me what it meant to be a man of God. He started showing me what it meant to lean in and understand the heart of God. He showed me that by serving. He showed me that by praying. He showed me that through so many spiritual disciplines and reading God's word, it led me to change the way I thought about God, even in the middle of that storm. I want to pause here and I, I want to ask you this. This first and foremost, what are you doing to grow in your relationship with God? Who are the people that you have in your life that come and speak in your life that are challenging you and shaping your journey? and helping you conform into the image of Jesus. It took one person to do that in my life. And he's here actually right now in this moment. And I wanna give honor, I wanna give credit where credit is due. Pastor Ralph Johnson is in the back and I wanna give honor and credit where credit is due. You see, it, it took God just placing that one man in my life to change my perspective of what God was doing in my life. And let me tell you this, exchange. When I started leaning in and understanding the heart of God, when I started leaning in and reading God's word, he changed my life from the inside out. I'm telling you, God wants to change your life from the inside out, but what you need to do is you need to lean in and understand the heart of God. You can't be so quick in the middle of hardship. You can't be so quick in the middle of adversity to trade in the one who saved your soul because things aren't going the way you thought they should be going. And I I didn't understand that until I met Pastor Ralph and I started seeing the way that God was using him, seeing the way that God was using him in this church and how he loved his wife and his family. There's actually this quote that comes to mind from C.S. Lewis. It's in the great book, Mere Christianity. And C.S. Lewis, is um, he helped write the Chronicles of Narnia. And he actually says this. He's actually a really godly man and sharp. And he says this, the problem with the postmodern Christian, that's today's Christians, that's us, is that far too many of us are in awe with the idea of Christianity and not in love with the person of Christ. I'm gonna say that again. The problem with the postmodern Christian is that far too many are in awe with the idea of Christianity and not in love with the person of Christ. 
That was me in my early stages of walking with God or what I thought was walking with God. You see, so many of us, we get so focused on what God can do and forget what he has already done. I love this. Giovanni was leading us in, in worship and prayer. And I, I think that we got to rewire our thinking, rewire our mind and plug into the source, plug into the word of God. When you lean in and understand God's word, you will understand you don't need to seek him for his hand. You just need his presence in your life and everything will change. You see, the truth is this. God doesn't owe us anything. It took me a while to understand that God didn't owe me anything. He didn't have to heal my sister. He didn't have to keep my parents' marriage together. He was still God. Guess why? Because he sent his son to die on a cross to save my soul. It didn't matter. He didn't have to do anything else. That's what mattered. And I'm telling you this. When you lean in, understand the word of God, what his son did for you on that cross, it will change the way not only you think, but change the way you live. Not only will it change the way you think, it will change the way you live. You see, it's reading God's word that reveals to us the heart of God. It's reading God's word that reveals to us the heart of God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Say like you mean it, renewing of your what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, exchange, the truth is this. If you want to see the fullness of God, you got to lean into God's word. You got to know God for who he is. You got to know God for what he's already done for you. It's not about what he can give. It's about what was already given on Calvary 2,000 years ago. That's what matters we want to see the fullness of God, we've got to lean in to learning the heart of God. We've got to know God for who he is, not just as a giver, but the gift of life. Not just a giver, but the gift of life. You see, to learn, learn anything in this world, as I talk about loving the Lord our God with all of our mind, if we are to learn anything and know anything, we've got to engage our mind, right? We've got to engage our mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To learn anything, We've got to use our mind. We've got to engage our mind. And we've got to lean into God's word. How many of you remember how, like, stressful it was when you were learning how to drive a car and you would have mom or dad sitting in the passenger seat? How many of you remember that? Like, that was, like, the worst thing ever. It's so funny. I was learning how to drive, and I remember we were actually driving to Van Dyke. We were running a little late on a Sunday, per usual. Anyone else late to church sometimes, Right? We were driving to church, and I'm learning how to drive as we're in this literally crucial moment of getting to church in time. My mom's sitting in the passenger seat, and I'm, like, focused. Like, you know, you're super attentive, like, focused on what you're doing in the moment, super engaged with learning how to drive and function a vehicle. It's pretty serious, right? It's like life or death, just a little bit. But I get to this stoplight, and... I do what we normally do. Like, we start, like, maybe, like, zoning out. I know I'm not the only one. Like, somebody... Somebody else confirmed, like, you zone out when you get to the stoplight sometimes. Some of y'all, like, be on the phone like this. Some of y'all watching Netflix. Some of y'all on YouTube. And you start, like, disengaging with the reality that you are functioning a vehicle that can kill somebody. Just a little. I remember being at this stoplight. I'm sitting there with my mom. And I start just spacing out a little bit. Just a little. Just a little. And my... My mind's like everywhere else other than what's in front of me. My, my foot starts like easing off the brake at this red light. 
And I start creeping forward. And my mom screams, like, oh! And, and that, let me tell you, that wasn't just the worst part. My mom turns around and she's like, I'm like, that's not going to stop the car. That's going to stop my heart. She like punches me in the chest, like slam on the gas. I'm like going through this red light, swerving, like trying to figure out what I'm doing. And I'm telling you this story because just like that, sometimes in life, we take our mind off of what matters most and it can lead us to wreck our life. Sometimes we disengage what, what God's word has to say. We disengage with what matters most and it can lead you to wreck your life. I had to learn a lot. I mean, I think we're all learning and having to learn how to engage our mind on the day-to-day. I mean, some of you are so quick to engage and learn how to holler at that girl on the IG that keeps showing up on the feed. Some of y'all are super, super quick to learn how to engage and, you know, kind of getting that guy's attention that kind of been eyeing you up a little bit at church. I like your jacket. Oh, your hair looks great. It's like, girl, he wears a do-rag. Stop giving him credit. (laughs) And we start figuring out different ways to engage with people. But I wish that we would be a people that are so hungry to engage with God the way we want to engage with the things of this world. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it said, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, when we lean into God's word, when we activate and give God our mind, when we give him our all and commit to saying, God, take my mind and conform it and change it, renew it, restore it. Not only will he change the way you think, he will change the way you live. See, I mentioned that story about how I almost wrecked literally my mom's car and wrecked our our, our life. And like literally she just blew it up and she never stops talking about it. It's like still crippling me when I drive my car today. But it reminded me of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21 and 23. Jesus is so candid and he's speaking and he's talking about on what the day of judgment's going to look like. And Jesus says there's going to be people that come up to the gates on the day of judgment. They're going to say, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We healed people. We blessed people. We served people. And Jesus is going to look at them and say, depart from me. I never knew you. You see, what I'm trying to tell you is, if we aren't engaging, in our mi- engaging our mind in what matters most, not only could we wreck our life, we could lose our soul. Not only can we wreck our life, we can lose our soul. It's important. God wants to know us. He already knows us, but we need to get to know him. We need to commit to getting to know God. In fact, he's a, he doesn't want to just have us know him as God. He wants us to know him as our heavenly father, our savior, our redeemer, our hope, our restorer. God wants us to know the deep things of him. And in order to do that, we need to lean into learning the heart of God. In order to lean in to learn the heart of God, you've got to start leaning into this word. You've got to start engaging and having an ongoing relationship with God. God really wants you to know him. I'm preaching that with urgency. This is serious in the eyes of God. In Hosea chapter 4, I'm going Old Testament. I usually don't skip around, but I I loved what I read as I was preparing for this message. It says this in Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, O people of Israel. This is Hosea. He's a prophet. And God has called him to uh, speak and bring forward a word to the people of Israel. 
God's chosen people, the, the people that God loved. This is what Hosea says. He says, hear the word of the Lord, O people of Israel. The Lord has brought charges against you, saying, there is no faithfulness, no kindness, and no knowledge of God in your land. No knowledge of God in your land. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 says this. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. The NRV says this. My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. See, not knowing God for who he is and what he has done, it can cost us our soul. It can cost us our life. This is God's righteous judgment against a group of people that he loves so much. But what did they, what did they do? They failed to get to know God for who he is. They failed to lean in and understand the heart of God. You see, the nation of Israel, they were destroyed because they lacked a true foundation. If you want to be prosperous in your walk with Jesus, you need to have a foundation. And the foundation is found in this word. You need to have a firm foundation. The foundation is the word of God. You see, we can't call ourselves followers of Jesus if we don't know the one who we committed to follow. We can't truly call ourselves followers of Jesus if we don't know the one who we have committed our lives to following. We got to lean into learning God's heart. So here's what I want you to know. To lean in, I'm going to keep saying it because I believe it. We got to start with his word. We got to start with his word. So often we may find ourselves consumed by the idea that if I just give my life to Christ, things will change. My family will be healed. I'll get my job, I'll be prosperous. God will provide for me. No, God has already done enough. God has provided you life. God has restored your soul. He has saved you, he has redeemed you. He doesn't have to give you anything else. What has been given is more than enough. And it was when I understood these truths, it's when I understood this, my life changed. I believe just like that, we can so easily find ourselves in this predicament where we're just seeking God for his hand. Because every single time we pray, it's God, give me something. Every single time we pray, it's, it's God, can you do this? Our prayers need to change a little bit. Our prayers need to change. When you're praying, are you praying for what God can do or worshiping for what he has already done? You see, when I got married to my wife, Michelle, we got... Um, Obviously, we were engaged first, but we got married at what society labels like a young age. Like, what are you guys doing? Are you sure you love each other? I was looking like, like, dude, we're good. Thank you. I'm going to laugh at everybody. Whoever sees this and they judge, we still married and we going strong. <laughs> but when I got engaged to my wife, Michelle, I remember like the first little phase of engagement. I was so consumed by the benefits of being married. I was like, ooh, I get to wake up and go to sleep with my little boo. I love to travel. Anybody else like to travel? Traveling the world with my wife is the best thing ever. I love it so much. That's like my thing. That's what we do. I also thought about, obviously, all the other benefits that come with being married, you know. But here's the thing. I got so caught up in the benefits and the blessing I started sidelining the person. I started getting so caught up in the blessing and the benefit of being married that I started sidelining the person. And you see, I think that so many of us do that in our relationship with Jesus. We get so caught up in benefits and blessings 
And we start sidelining the man himself. Our prayers start leading with God can you, not God thank you. I'm going to say that again. Our prayers need to change from God can you to God I thank you. Every single time we roll out of bed, actually, I'm going off the cuff a little bit. Matthew chapter 22. If you know that commandment, the greatest commandment, it actually isn't the first time we see it. We actually see it in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. And it's actually what we call the Shema. It's the Hebrew word, the prayer that the Jewish people would pray. And every single time these Jewish people would wake up, they would recite this prayer as soon as their feet hit the ground. They would say, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And I started thinking like, but when Jesus said it in Matthew 22, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. I started thinking about that. I'm going off the cuff a little bit, but what I was wrestling with was this. Why did Jesus add that? Because Jesus knew in order for us to get the word in our heart to change us, it needs to enter our mind. You need to lean into understanding and let the word change your mind before it can change your heart. You see, before God can do something through you, he needs to do something inside of you. And it starts with your mind. It starts with leaning into the word of God and engaging your mind and growing in understanding. I believe just like that, just like those Jewish people, it will take us to having an attitude when we go through adversities to giving us a heart of gratitude when we're going through trials and adversity. See, when I leaned in and understood this word, it changed my life. And here's what I want you to know today. If we're gonna know the heart of God, we've gotta engage in what I call spiritual disciplines. I love Psalm 119, there's a Psalmist, David, he says this in Psalm 119, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, in order for it to get in our heart, it needs to get in our mind. How many of you know or heard this saying that the mind is powerful? The battle is within the mind, right? We all know that. Sometimes our thoughts and our ideas that come to mind, they, they aren't honorable in the eyes of the Lord. Psychology Today, they, they say that um, humans on average, they make about 35 decisions in one day. 6,000 thoughts comes to the mind of a human in the course of a day. And when I think about David, he's saying, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you think about your thoughts, when you're, you're thinking, like, I want you to process and think. Like my thoughts, the things that came to mind today, were they honorable in the eyes of the Lord? And if they weren't, chances are what you need to do is meditate on his word. You need to get the word of God in your heart, in your head, to meditate and let them be the thing that fights those thoughts. Let them be the thing that fights the battles for you. We gotta lean in to learning God's word and commit to meditating it. So when we are going through those moments with depression kicks in and anxiety, or we just get a little tempted to sneak over to that girl's house, like, oh, nobody gonna see it. No, we need to fight it with the word of God. Have it stored in your heart. And the only way to do that is to get it in your head. See, the mind is powerful, we know that. And just as we have these sinful thoughts that appear in our mind, 
We need to combat them with the word of God. And you say, well, how do I know if I'm really loving the Lord with all of my mind? How do I know if I'm honoring and obeying his word? Think about this, Philippians chapter four, verse eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, this is Paul. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. See, you wanna know if you're leaning in and learning the word of God and getting it not only in your head, but in your heart. Your mind, instead of taking you to those sinful places, will always fight the flesh. But you'll know you can combat it with the word of God and it will lead you to whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent. That's what God wants us to think. I had to learn that in my journey. When my sinful nature was kicking in, I would just give in because I didn't know how to combat it with the word of God because I didn't have the word in my mind. I didn't have the word in my heart. And if I would have known the word of God, it would have saved me so much pain. It would have saved me so much heartache. I don't know what you're going through today, but let me tell you, you are not strong enough to fight the battle on your own. The word of the Lord tells us the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. Oh, come on, we better lean into the word of God if it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It can do things that I can't on my own strength. But we seem to think that we can fight the battle on our own. We seem to think that we can fight the battle on our own. We need to commit to communicating with God. Get that in your heart. We need to commit to communicating with God. If those things that appear in your mind, those thoughts, those little sinful things that just rattle you in the middle of the night, if they're not what Philippians 4 verse 8 says, what we need to do instead of saying, God, I can do this on my own, I'll fight it in my own strength. No, we need to lean in to what God is speaking. We need to commit to communicating to him. The way we do that is not just hopping on the gram, because let me tell you, there are some dangerous things on Instagram nowadays. To fight that, we need to fight with prayer. Fight from your knees and fight it with prayer. You want to communicate with God, you need to pray. And maybe you're hearing like, prayer just doesn't work for me, bro. Prayer doesn't work for me. No, then start with his word. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For all of scripture is God-breathed. You know what that means? If you want to connect with God, you want to hear from God, you want to talk to him, you want to communicate to him, you can come right here. This is the heart of God for you. This is the heart of God for you. For all the scripture is God breathed. You want to communicate with God. And if prayer doesn't work for you, you need to turn to the word of God and fight your battles with this. The word of God is God's communication to us. I want us to know the truth. We're so given to think against that sometimes in the battle, you know? The enemy wants us to think that. See, the enemy's after us 365 days a year, 24-7. And sometimes we just think, man, I, I could just lean into God once a week and, you know, everything's going to be good. Think about it, 365 days a year versus spending 52 days in a year with the Lord. Uh, I'll, I'll read, you know, twice a week. Twice a week will get me through it. 365 days the enemy's after you, but you only commit to communicating with God 104 times a year. But the word of the Lord is sharper than any double-edged sword. If we believe that, we will commit to spending time with him. If we believe that, we will commit to not only letting the word of God change the way we think, but change the way we live. We will fight from our knees. We will fight from our knees. The only way to combat those temptations, those thoughts, it's to get the word of God in your mind and in your heart. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to engage in spiritual disciplines. 
Make space in your life. In your day-to-day routine, make space in your life to engage in conversation with God. Make space in your life to lean in and understand the heart of God. Make space in your life to communicate. Commit yourself to communicating with God. In spiritual disciplines, it could be by worship, by prayer. It could be by reading God's word. It could be by this thing that we call fasting and meditating on scripture. It could be any of those things. Commit yourself. Make it a habit. Make it a routine to hear from God through spiritual disciplines. There's no time for excuses. Create a moment in each and every day. If your soul craves this, you don't even realize because we're so twisted and far out from the things of God, but your soul craves this. And some of you, your excuse is so quick to say, I don't really have time. I don't really have time, Mark. You don't understand. You know, I got a busy day. You know, I work a nine to five. I'm a super busy guy. I don't have time for that. Let me tell you, some of you are willing to wake up two hours prior to going to work and go to the gym and get your body right. You're, you're, you're willing to get some physical training. But then you miss out on some spiritual training. I'm gonna just be G. Girls, Y'all so quick to wake up two hours early before you got to get out the door for work and get all right. Ooh, I got to look good for the boys at work. But you ain't committed to getting your heart right with God. You want to be a kingdom woman and be able to love your children well, but you're just so focused on this. You need to get focused on what's in you. You need to get focused on this. And the way you do that is allowing the word to change your mind. You see, I know all of us, some point, maybe you don't even know Jesus, but many of us, I'm sure we've come to this place we call church to worship our Savior. And we say, you know, Lord, I, I, I give you my life. I, I give you my all. I commit everything to you. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my mind. I give you all my strength. I love you, Lord, with everything. Just like Matthew 22, verse 36 through 37 says. But what's so crazy to me is this. If we really believe that, if that's our heart, if that's what we believe, man, wouldn't our life look a little different? Like, wouldn't we commit to spending a little more time with God? Wouldn't we commit to communicating and leaning into God's word? You see, you would never just meet somebody on the side of the street and be like, yo, here's my credit cards. Here's my phone number. Here's my car keys. Here's my house key. Here's my address. Here's all my personal information. Matter of fact, take my social security. We would never do that. We would never just give away freely everything to someone we don't know. The truth is, some of you are that way with Jesus. You don't truly know him, but you say, Lord, I am giving you my everything, but you don't know this person who has saved your soul. How could you truly be willing to give someone everything if you don't know them? Lean in to learn God's heart. That's what changed my mind. That's what changed the way I live. That's what changed my life forever. And I'm saying this, you need to start by creating some time to connect with God. As my wife and I were moving here from Miami, as I close, it got to this moment, I was getting ready to close up at the church that I was previously at, and I was turning in my laptop. I'm like, whoa, wait, 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 y'all can't take that yet. I, I got a whole bunch of important stuff on there. I had all my bank information, and I had personal things, I had all my content and all my previous sermons. I was like, I need that stuff. So I went and bought this hard drive, an external hard drive. I go back to my office and I'm just like transferring and dragging all of my files. And within 30 minutes, I got that ungodly message, that, that message that only Satan brings. Maybe you're familiar when your, your iPhone is like storage is full. Anybody, anybody else get that sometimes? And my wife is always like, babe, I need a new phone. You know, my storage is full. I'm like, yo, let's delete some videos and photos. You only have 54,000. 
And it said, ungodly error, the storage is full. I'm like, yo, no, I just got this hard drive. But what that error was telling me is I needed to create some more space. I need to free up some more space to upload those, those things. I think that God is telling us the same thing. We need to create some space in our lives to download what God's trying to upload. We need to create some space in our lives to spend time in worship, to step into these spiritual disciplines, prayer, fasting, worship, reading God's word. We need to create some space in the rhythm of our life. Early in the morning, late in the evening, you need to have a moment where you are creating space and seeking the things of God through his word. And it will change your mind. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you live, you know? This is the truth as I close, for real. As I close, for real, I'm just a little passionate about this. You see, to be a Christian without knowledge of God is to be a tree without roots. To be a Christian without knowledge of God is to be a tree without roots. Think about a tree. A tree needs roots. Roots provide stability. Roots promote growth. Roots lead to strength. If we don't know the word of God, if we don't have the word of God, not only in our head, but our heart, let me tell you, those hardships are gonna overcome you. Ephesians chapter four, verse 14, it says that don't be a weak-minded Christian because you will be tossed to and fro with the waves and the wind. See, a Christian without roots, when a hardship hits you, it's gonna knock you over. It's gonna take you farther out than you wanted to go. A Christian without knowledge has no deep roots in the things of God. And when you face hardship, you're gonna cave. Hear me. Roots lead to strength. Roots lead to stability. But it first needs to start with a seed. You need to sow a seed daily. Sow seeds by committing your time to God. Sow seeds by engaging in conversation with God. Seeds lead to growth. Seeds lead to growth. Spend time nurturing the seed. Spend time nurturing your mind. Spend time committed to focusing on the things of God. Even when you feel like nothing is taking place, let me tell you, I've been there before. Even when you feel like nothing is taking place, God, my circumstances aren't changing. What is going on? Let me tell you, when you sow a seed sometimes, when you put a seed in the soil, oftentimes you don't see instant change. Oftentimes you don't see in instant growth. You gotta wait on God. Let me tell you, when you lean in and understand the word of God, you will know his timing is perfect. Your circumstances might not change just like that. You see, in the dark points of life, something is growing. You just got to lean in. You got to lean into his word. You got to trust him. You got to commit to communicating. You got to lean in to hear his heart. In the dark times of life, I know it's painful. I know it's hurt, hurting you. I know that you feel like all things are coming against you, but trust me, God is doing something, and you need to understand that. The only way to understand that and perceive that with your mind and your heart is by reading and praying, by sometimes worshiping, by sometimes giving yourself to prayer. In order for growth, God has to first do something inside of us. He's got to do something inside of us. And sometimes just like that, that seed in the soil, you can't perceive change. You can't see the change. But when you sow a seed, something's growing. 
When you sow seeds, something's growing. Sow seeds, and here's what I want you to do. Direct application. I want to get very practical with you. I want you today to look at your calendar and say, I'm going to prioritize an hour, not, maybe not even, start with 10 minutes to pray and maybe even worship, to give some time to doing a devotional. Maybe for you, you're like, but prayer doesn't work. Mark, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. God needs to first do something inside of you before he can do something through you. You can't perceive it from the surface because it's working inside you. Just like that seed in the soil, you got to trust and walk in faith. God is doing something. I want you today, if you're saying, bro, I've tried to read the Bible. I've committed my time to it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Maybe join a small group outside of this room. Maybe join a small group at a local location, a campus that's close to you. You're like, but I've tried and I, I just get tired after two weeks of trying to do that. You need to create some accountability in your life. We're all in small groups here right after this. Point somebody out, identify somebody. I say, I, I need you to hold me accountable each and every week. Ask me a challenging question about what I'm reading. Hold me accountable to having these spiritual formations in my life. Maybe you're just like, no, no, no that's, that's not gonna work for me. I, I just don't understand scripture for all that it is. There's this awesome thing called YouTube. There's this awesome thing called YouTube. And on YouTube, there's this incredible resource called the Bible Project, the Gospel Projects. And you can literally type in any book in the Bible on the Gospel Project, and it will break it down for you. God's word isn't meant to be far from you. It's meant to be inside of you. You gotta commit to leaning in. You gotta commit to communicating with God. You've gotta lean in to learn and understand God's heart for you. Amen? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that through these truths, through what I just shared, Lord, that's what changed my life. And I pray, Lord, that you would not only change the way we think, but change the way we live. I pray that you would not only change our minds, but change our hearts and do something inside of us. Deal with us, Lord, from the inside out. Lord, we're nothing without you. And God, instead of coming to you with hands ready to receive, help us to remember that we've received the greatest gift in your son, Jesus. Help us to never forget that. I thank you for what you've done in my life. How you changed me. You've taken me from the pit of sin. You've taken me from questioning your existence to knowing that you are God Almighty. You are here, you are now, and you're ready to do a new thing. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.